0: On this episode of Survivor Angels, Chrissy Shivsky joins me. Wife, mother, medical professional, and successful businesswoman. Life sounds good, doesn't it? Well, stay tuned and find out more.
1: It's time for Survivor Angels, an approach to strengthen trauma survivors. Here, you can escape what draws negativity and engage your positive abilities and the gifts that you've always had. Let's activate your angels. And
0: to help you on that journey, here's Chaplain Jody. We are in a mental health crisis in our country. For our youth, it has been named the number one pandemic. Listen carefully to Chrissy as she talks about how it affects family members, friends, all the loved ones who try to support those who are struggling. So
1: um, in the year 2022, I actually entered a time where I personally started struggling with depression and anxiety and didn't know really what was going on with inside of me. And I was having thoughts of my family being okay with me not being here. and they became more and more, frequent, more and more frequent to the point where um my one of my best my, friends, Jessie, we went out to lunch and she noticed that I was off and she offered me help um with giving me her therapist stuff and I wasn't quite ready at that time. The rest of that week got a little worse. And by the weekend, I had I like had a complete breakdown and was like, Dave, these are the thoughts that I'm having. I know I'm not okay and I need help. And he was blindsided by it. He was, he didn't understand, which is totally fine at that point. Um, And so that had me reach out to him, to my support system. Um, I again, reached out to my girlfriend, Jessie. She sent me right away the link to the therapist's place that she went to. Um, I spent the entire next day filling out questionnaires and they called me that day, same day and had me in the office the following day, because I was brutally honest about the depths of where I was going personally. And um, I didn't realize at the time that I was struggling with this stuff. I mean, I I feel like I've been such a strong person over the years in, of my life where this kind of like, oh, the sun came out of nowhere. And it was, um, I think with my background of being a nurse and very aware of mental health and who I am, um, I was able to see all the flags suddenly and was like, okay, I actually need help before this gets worse. Um, and so over the, that was June of last year. And then a couple months later, I was starting to feel really good. I felt like I was crawling out of the hole that I had been in, not realizing that I had been in that kind of hole for a while. And that is when my cousin, um, reached out to me. And she, she, um, has, she has, she had, um, treatment resistant depression. She's had depression her whole life. She's gone in and out of different treatments and therapies, all kinds of stuff. So when she reached out again, I was like, okay, um, at least I'm in I'm in a better mindset to be able to help her at this point where I think if she had approached oh. me a couple months earlier, I don't think I could have been as a support as I was. During those last few months of her life. Um, yeah, so she had reached out to me. Um, she had started doing ketamine infusions three times a week. Um, and she just, I could see it was different. It was different this time. She was in an, yeah, she was just in an area of darkness where her spark was completely gone. And when I talked to her it was a totally different person than who I grew up with and who I knew.
0: Okay. And, and I'm sure as, as a medical professional, mm-hmm. and, and even what you were going through at the time sort of added layers to your depression. Am I, am I mm-hmm. thinking correctly? Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like
1: did my profession add to like, layers onto my depression? Probably. Um, I was a trauma nurse for a long time. Um, my cousin was a trauma nurse as well. So, um, that was, I tried to get her out of that profession and switch to kind of what I'm doing now, which is completely outside of, it's not any kind of bedside manner at all, but, um, seeing what you see in ways that you see it and helping people die, watching people die, trying to save lives over and over. That is um, mentally and physically exhausting in the long run. Um, And I think it also layered on top of my, I um, ended up with, I had severe anxiety is what I found out. Um, I was planning funerals like in my head for things that weren't, haven't happened. Like I would have this random thought and I'd be in my head awake in the middle of the night, all night long planning funerals and how I'm going to tell friends this is happening with like, like Gabe and Dave getting in a car accident on the way home and dying or something like that. Like these are things. And I think the way that I think, I think is because of the trauma nursing that I did for so long and what I've seen.
0: Interesting. 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 Yeah. And for, for all of our viewers and listeners who are, are watching this or listening to this right now, um, if you don't already know Chrissy, you probably will find out <laughs> even more so before we're done talking here yeah. that Chrissy is, is brutally honest. Yes. Um, so it just if, if anybody might be triggered by something, I just sort of want to throw that out there um, Mm -hmm. because she doesn't hold anything back. And that's one of the things that I appreciate and love about her is because she doesn't try to sugarcoat it. She just, she gets right to the heart of the matter. So um, thank you for being you, Chrissy. (laughs) Thank you.
1: I, that's one of the things I hold strong is that I'm, I am me. I'm very authentic, uh, authentic, and I am extremely raw. Like I will, If you ask me my opinion on something, you will have my heart and soul on that opinion. (laughs) So, um, yes. And again, with the triggers, like, I totally get it. If someone's watching or listening, and they're like, Nope, not today. I get that. Totally. And Mm -hmm. that is where I think you need to respect yourself and your mindset. Like if it's if this isn't something that's going to serve you, don't listen to it. If it's something that you're like, I think I might need this, then and you're in a good mindset, then absolutely, you know, listen, I hope you can just take away even just one little nugget of something that can help.
0: Absolutely. So so to continue on with your cousin. Yeah. You knew the light was gone in her.
1: Yes. What
0: happened from there?
1: Yep. So we hung out, um, so we hang out a lot. Um, little backstories. is I mean, we have two she had she has two kids. They are basically the same ages as my older two. So we hang out, we used to hang out all the time. <laughs> and um as those hangouts continued over those couple months, I watched her kind of get more and more lost, more and more negative. Um, And that was the depression. I was just like, holy cow. And the weekend before um, she died, she spent the, we had a girl's night sleepover at our house. And that was probably one of the worst experiences I've had. And, um, and that's, it's okay now when I, after she died, I really struggled with what happened that weekend. Um, and just why didn't I ask her questions? Why didn't I push her harder? But also protecting myself at that point is something I realized that I needed to do for myself because she was going so low. And um, I gave it the benefit of the doubt because she was going into an outpatient treatment program that next day, that Monday. Um, So I was like, in my head, just like, please God, let her see through this program and let this be the thing that can help her. But I also kind of in the pit of my stomach knew that she was a little too far gone at that point. So the struggles the things, um, and it's not I, I won't go into things that she said just because it can it's too mind blowing and it's I think it's it's out of respect for her and stuff like that. But there are things we discussed that night where I was just like, nope, this isn't gonna happen. Like, nope, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna crawl out of this together, we can do you know, we can do this. And it's like sometimes I look back at that situation and I was like, why didn't I attack her and hug her? Why didn't I just like, show her how I actually felt about her, stuff like that, where it's, like, those kind of, like, little regrets of that, that night, um, because that was the last time that I saw her alive, so, yeah, and then the next weekend, um, as that week went on, we talked almost, we talked every day, whether it was texts or um, phone calls, and it was, she was just giving her opinion on the program, and that she didn't like it, and, I think us both being nurses, she could, it was a lot of stuff she already knew, but she couldn't actually take in as something that could help her at that point. Like she was too, she couldn't see. That's what, how I explain it. A lot of people have a, um, see that people who are depressed, they don't understand it because it's not like we have a broken bone that we can fix in six weeks. It's like there's this chemical imbalance that can take years, if not an entire lifetime to really figure out how to balance with medications and treatments and therapies and all of the things. So it's when I, it's like, she just, she, she couldn't see anymore. That's how I describe it. Um, And unfortunately, you know, some people even, I mean, she had children. I just kept trying to remind her of her children. And then I had somebody say to me after she was gone, they're like, it doesn't. And it was in my grief group. One of the leaders, they were like, someone who is depressed and chooses suicide doesn't do it because they don't want to be with their family and their kids, they can't even think of that. Like that is something they can't even think of or process all they can think of is the pain that they're experiencing, the darkness that they're experiencing, and they can't even endure another day of it. So that is ultimately why one might choose, you know, to leave. And when they said that, I was like, she couldn't do another day. She Mm -hmm. couldn't. And it, um, when the day came that next, that following Sunday, um, I had realized all day Saturday, I was at my 20 year, um, high school reunion with a friend that I hadn't told what was going on with all of this. Um, the, and, um, we, it got to be like 10 or 11 at night and it dawned on me that I hadn't checked on her and I was like, shit, Oh, sorry. That's that, that was my reaction. Sorry, I'm trying not to swear during this. Um, it's, it's okay. okay. Um, and I texted her and she didn't respond. And I was like, okay. And I went to bed and I got up the next day and we had family photos that day with the entire, um, my husband's side of the family. As the morning went on, I got more and more concerned. Um, we went out to brunch, she still hadn't started responding. We got home and I'm like, oh, I'm really, really worried. So I started making phone calls and that like, I, it was almost like I already knew, I already knew that she was gone. Um, and that was the hardest phone call I think I've ever been through in my life. So it was, <laughs> I mean, and this is where there's so many emotions and feelings with grief where this was the begin, like, I almost feel like I started grieving her right beforehand because she was so far gone where I was like, where is she? Where's our relationship? Where I just want to hear her laugh again, like over those last couple months beforehand, where it was almost like I was almost already started the grieving process and I didn't know it. Um, and then I got that phone call and I collapsed obviously on the ground in the middle of, Dave's like running across the house to find where I am. And he knew coming down what um, was going on. And I remember crying and in between crying and screaming, (laughs) sitting up and being like, looking right at Dave and saying, she doesn't hurt anymore. She's not in pain. And then continuing to cry. (laughs) And it was like that glimmer of light of like, in this really, really crappy situation, I felt this moment of relief, which was really hard for me to understand at first in my grieving process, um, that she didn't hurt. She didn't have to try more. She didn't have to suffer anymore. She was finally free, free of everything that had been weighing her down. Um, And I think I held on to that a lot in the very beginning. Like I, you go through so many emotions and grief, like some are like oddly positive and some, like a lot of them are so angry and so mad and sad and frustrated and just mad. And how could you, and you ripped a hole in my heart and this is never going to, like life is never going to be the same feelings, but then also feelings of, relief and happiness peace um missing her you know all those feelings and just but then also the feelings of being so close with her of like the shame and the regret and the shoulda coulda what is wish i could have done this should have done this should have talked more about this um all of those things
0: Yeah, let me let jump in right there, Chrissy. How have you dealt with that? I know in the military, we call it survivor's guilt. And in the civilian yeah. world, it maybe has the same term. I'm not yep. sure. But how how have you dealt with that piece?
1: Um, I didn't deal with it well in the beginning. It took me a good few months of numbing myself and going pretty deep again in my own, like, journey depression anxiety all of that um I was using alcohol way too much to just get away from it um to the point where you know my husband's like I don't know how to help you and my I had one of my best friends text me that next morning after he said that and she's like she just said I'm really worried and I was like okay (laughs) these are my signs that I need to I need to dig into me again um So I, I didn't know what to do either. I was already doing therapies. And then, um, unfortunately, during that time, right afterwards, my therapist went out on maternity leave. And I don't blame any of that. Like, I feel like I had the tools (laughs) to get through those three months of not having the weekly therapy that I wish I could have had. But during that time, I was able it was, she died in October, October 2nd. So it, we're coming up on our one year anniversary in a couple weeks. But um, it was Christmas time. Our neighbors asked if we wanted to go to church. And we hadn't, I had not stepped foot in church since before this. I was pissed. I was like, how can God use this as a positive thing in my life? Like, how could he choose to take her away? Like, this, like, how could this be? what life is supposed to be like and we're supposed to trust that he's running the show. Like was <laughs> so mad. So I was like, F it. I'm not going to church ever again. But um, we got invited to the Christmas service with our neighbors and I, and I looked at Dave and I was like, okay, I think I need this. I think we need to go. The kids really want to go. They love it. So we went and <laughs> I cried the whole time <laughs> I cried for the next like three months at every single service. Um, but right after we went back, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I it was starting to feel like I was crawling up again. And um, I joined the Facebook page for church. And they, a couple weeks later, just they posted that they were hosting a grief share group. And I was like, I read the post and I sat and thought about it. And I was like, all right, this is like a 12-week adventure of going through grief. Like, that's what this program is. And um, I instantly went in there and commented. And I was like, do you have anything strictly just for those grieving with suicide? Because in my head, I was like, nobody there is going to ever understand the pain that I'm feeling and the emotions that I'm going through and the things that I just like. Nobody's going to get it. Is how i felt so i commented and i was just shut the phone off and went to bed and the next morning i woke up and the um, woman that runs the program um messaged or commented back and she said this is for everybody trust me that this is a group that will help you um everybody's has their losses in different ways and here i found out that her son had committed suicide so When I got there and she shared her story, I was like, well, okay, (laughs) I'll give this the benefit of the doubt. And I walked in and I hated every second of it, the first probably couple weeks of it. And then as time went on, um, it helped me, it helped validate everything that I was feeling, helped validating. All the things and emotions you feel towards family, towards friends, towards relationships, and learning that you're going to lose friends, you're going to gain friends, people aren't going to understand. That was the biggest thing that I think I needed to know that was, nobody needed to know my pain. Like, nobody should ever have to feel this unless they are unfortunately going through it. And um, and the depths of the pain, like... So going in there and just hearing everybody share their own stories of how they lost a loved one, I mean, it was mind-blowing. The different tragic ways, fast ways, suicide way It was just, I was right where I needed to be. And ultimately, it was towards the end of the 12, I think it was 12 weeks. 10 weeks or 12, something like that. But it was every Monday and Dave traveled for six weeks of those 12 weeks. So he was gone and I was having to find childcare. Cause I'm like, I need to do this for me. Um, instead of going out on a girl's night, I was going to, you know, church and grief group. Um, so there was towards the end, one of, it was a day I really didn't want to go. It was starting to be spring. Weather was getting nice. Dave was home and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to go tonight and he's like, "Are you sure?" and I'm like, "Okay, I'll fine, I'll go." So I went, and it was all about being stuck. Do not let yourself get stuck in the death of someone else. Don't let their death become your story of staying in your grief, not being able to see again. And that was exactly what I needed to hear. It was almost as if I left there And I was free again. Like, I was like, this cannot define me. But what I can do is use this to help others. Use this horrible thing that I've been through. If I can just share my story, continue to share over and over and over and help other people know that they're not alone in their depression, their anxiety, their darkness... And to let them know it's not bad to get help. There's such a stigma around mental health that drives me insane um, that people don't go and get help. So because they're, they're embarrassed, they feel ashamed. And it's like, don't feel that way. Your feelings are your feelings and they're legit and you need to get help. And since since i've started and i was like all right 2023 is going to be the year that i start sharing my story i'll share more about chelsea's story i'll share about the grief and everything cuz i was authentically raw on my social media and my stories like everything that i was going through over that this almost year um and then i started sharing my story and it was like i was getting messages right and left one of There was an acquaintance on Facebook that messaged me and said that one of my posts actually helped her open up and she ended up in the outpatient rehab program herself um, for treatment and she's doing a lot better. Like the messages, I'm just like, if I can do that, if I can just help one more person, that's all I want.
0: Right. And so angels definitely were talking to you and got you to church through your neighbors got you into the grief group and now they're guiding you into helping others yeah so I think a great place to sort of see this out at the moment Mm -hmm. is you're coming up on the one year anniversary Mm -hmm. of losing Chelsea how does that look for you what are you anticipating what are you thinking what are you feeling that's a great question
1: um I'm feeling light. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling peace, a lot of peace within all of it. Well, yes, I'm like sad, angry, mad still that she's gone here and there. That's become less and less. And um, everything, I mean, I think of her probably a hundred times a day, at least. Like, she... That's probably an exaggeration, but it feels like that. Like every like little things that happen throughout the day. I'm like, Hey girl, like, Hey, Hey, every time I walk in the front door, I planted her fake favorite flowers out front and they're blooming right now. And usually they're not, it's the end of season of dahlias. So they're usually not blooming and there's like six brand new, beautiful flowers popping. And I'm like, what the heck? Um, and then I have a chime outside that a friend that one of my cousins gave me, and it's it's got a little quote on it. It's like every time you hear, you know, the wind blows, just think that I'm around you. And I'm like every time I hear the chime, like just those little things. Like I'm more able to put smile, like a smile, a smirk, think of the good times that we had, um, than those you know those last few months. The old times are kind of over. um, coming in more heavily than, um, those negative times. So are less and less, and we're going to, I don't know what we're going to do yet. Mother's day got and a
0: couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mother's day and, uh, her 40th were on the same day. So that's when we planted the flowers and like did a little thing for, for that. And I'll think of something. Yeah.
0: Chrissy, I, I know. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> um, I know going through it wasn't easy for you, and I know even sitting here today is probably not easy. Thank mm-hmm. you, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I so appreciate and I'm so thankful that you came on today. Thank you and share this because you've already gotten the messages of how you telling your story has helped. And I know the people who hear this, you will have reached more people. And so for you to be on this path and on this journey to help others and sharing it today on the podcast, I can't thank you enough.
1: Thank you so much. I do want to say that Everybody's journey in this is totally different. So mine is this way, and someone else might come in a totally different way. So never underestimate your own journey. You just have to face it. You can't run from it. So um, it's facing it and doing the uncomfortable stuff that'll get you through it all. Love you, Chrissy. Thank you. Love you, Jody. Thank you so much. Thanks again for joining Chaplain Jody on Survivor Angels. For more information, go to chaplainjody.me. That's chaplainjody.me. And on Facebook at survivorangels angels Jody. Sound effects for the show created by Andre Opate and provided by Pixbay. This is Dave Schrader. Until next time, sending you off to activate your angels.